Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Never a dull moment in this crazy world we live in. If we're if we're looking for a break, we're not going to get one anytime soon because as you guys know, I tell you every day, the Lord is shining a light on things that most of us don't want to see. Thank God where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. And God does place people in the earth to mitigate the trauma the, the evils, the wiles of, of the wicked one here in this earth. And with me today, I have someone I've had on my show before. It's been a minute. Uh, but considering, you know, what's going on in the news and, and massage parlors uh, being attacked, I believe eight individuals were murdered in the state of Georgia, the city of Atlanta, and across metro Atlanta as well. And Asian massage parlors um, brought really uh, more attention to not only sex addiction, violence against women, uh, sex trafficking, you know, I don't ever want you guys to become numb to this term, sex trafficking. It's very important to realize that violence against women is not a new phenomenon. It is something that we need to absolutely address without throwing, you know, the men out with the bathwater. I know some of you uh, don't really know how to address this because you see it as a male-female issue. Really, it's a spiritual issue, so I always want to draw your attention to that. But we are called to pay attention to what's going on and rise up and mitigate and eradicate the wickedness uh, in this earth as kingdom dwellers, right? Like you guys know, I'm on this mission since the Holy Spirit got a hold of me recently to remind me that Christ came here to build his church and he's coming to build his kingdom, to build his kingdom, and he's coming back for it. And so what are we doing in the process? And there's someone who has done a lot of work to build and rebuild and reconstruct the lives of of young girls and women across the globe, not just here in Georgia, across the globe. And I love having Michelle Rickett on with me. Uh, She's an amazing uh, human being. And and I got to tell you, we need those. We need those. I'm surrounded by politics. And so I need angels around me. Michelle Rickett is the founder and CEO of She Is Safe, a Christian nonprofit based in Atlanta, Georgia. That for 19 years, she's she's not a novice to this, has rescued and restored women and girls from abuse and slavery in the hardest places across the globe. Last year, they had over 25,000, 25,000 women and girls in their life-saving programs. Michelle is also an author with InterVarsity Press. Her latest book, Forgotten Girls, won IVP's Reader's Choice Award and has been voted as one of the top 10 books to read a faith and justice. I love that because with faith comes justice. Our God, believe it or not, in a lawless world is still a God of justice. And so people like Michelle and her work and She is Safe is very important for us to align with and to support. So Michelle, welcome back to my show. Oh, it's so great to be with you, Monica. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about the work of She is Safe and uh, where it came from. Well, yes, my husband Daniel and I in the 80s, that long ago, were career missionaries and we saw firsthand uh, where we lived in Nairobi, Kenya, 
um, and then continued to learn about this weird debasing view of women and girls that led to all kinds of physical violence and the sale of girls across Africa and then the Middle East and throughout Asia. And that we know today, you know, fast forward to today, is in virtually every community in the world, there's some form of slavery or trafficking. So so we started She is Safe. Uh, we now have 20 wonderful staff members, country directors and sector specialists and all those great people uh, working together with uh, churches and non-government organizations that are in these busiest human trafficking quarters in the world. Our, our goal is to shine God's heart on this issue by doing the work of prevention, rescue, and restoration one community at a time. We uh, had a report uh, just recently that there was an 85% drop in human trafficking cases in one community we started working in about seven years ago. So Wonderful. it's effective. It does work, but it takes work and courageous people to right. do that work. Right. What does that look like? What does your work look like, like in that particular community? So are you bringing awareness? Are you bringing resources in the way of people, finances, uh, counseling? Right. Yes, all, all uh, okay. depending on the community. But uh, this one uh, that I was talking about, we knew that basically all of the girls who turned 13 were sold. From Nepal to the massive brothels of India. There are 30,000 sex slaves in one community. The average age when a girl begins is 11. And she will only survive seven years. She'll die of STDs. She'll die in childbirth. Uh, She may commit suicide, which is the number one killer of adolescent girls. It's it's so bleak, so terrible. So we, everyone who works in Nepal knows about this area. So they're just notorious. So we thought, well, let's just go in. Let's go in with some light. Let's gather, first of all, the women and ask them, you know, where are your daughters? We noticed they're missing. And the tears begin to flow. And the women just say, you know, we we, uh, will never see them again. And and we ourselves were trafficked. That's how we got here. And, And we're powerless and voiceless. What can we do in the face of these criminals? And so we just say, well, you know, there there are ways that we can do this in a non-threatening way. Right. We can actually teach you how to become entrepreneurs. How about raising and selling goats right. instead of girls? And right. so we started funding the purchase of those initial goats, and then women raise small herds, and they give back into the program. Uh, they are keeping their daughters. Their daughters are learning to be entrepreneurial. And, you know, basically part of the message is, you know, this is illegal in your country. Right. And uh, so the more we shine a light on it, the traffickers have fewer communities to go to mm-hmm. because those communities are more aware and self-sustaining. They're not so vulnerable. That's our favorite thing, you know, on behalf of the 10-year-olds and Absolutely. the 9-year-olds mm-hmm. is to make a radical change much more in line what God's heart is for these women and girls. Right. Right. That's wonderful. I love it because part of my frustration, Michelle, is that a lot a lot of people spend a lot of time and effort um, raising awareness, right? And But then that's that's where we leave it as Americans, at least right. on our soil, right. right? Sometimes that's where we leave it. And so I always want to empower my audience to do something, right? To, to uh-huh. be, become aware and then to do. And so 
you know, I, I love partnering and, and with people like you, your organization, and many others who are doing things so that people can pour into your efforts and know what you're doing. And, and re- you really make the case for capitalism, you know, for entrepreneurship, <laughs> right? F- for, mm-hmm. you know, just not only awareness, but hey, here's some tools and utilizing your God-given gifts that just, re- you know, remain dormant for so many people who, when you're trafficked, you know, Satan robs you completely of any form of identity, of, of, of God's vision for your life. You know, it's, it's horrid. It is horrible. So I'm really happy to hear that you guys are going in and saying, hey, let's explore and unearth those beautiful gifts inside of you that can actually cause you to prosper and live a life more abundant. And That's uh, a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Uh, can you give us some insight uh, on the recent massage parlor shootings? I know, you know, this is stateside, so this is what's going on. I know some people have just stopped at, he was a misogynist, he has a sex addiction. But, you know, give us some insight as to, you know, how many illicit parlors are there? What makes women stay in this kind of work? Right, right. Well, first of all, we have to acknowledge we are grieving the murder of these women and that one man. So eight altogether. Uh, The women were viewed as sex objects and then murdered by one of their presumed abusers. Mm -hmm. So this moment, I really feel, exposes uh, illicit versus legitimate massage businesses. Okay. And this violent, this this debasing view of women and girls that you can do anything. Uh, we also have to acknowledge that these are criminal rings. Uh, there are very few of these illicit, I call them sex parlors, not massage. Right. Um, these illicit um, parlors are owned by organized criminal rings. These criminals exploit women. Mm-hmm. Uh, women are actually targeted for recruitment in China, Thailand, Eastern Europe, because the traffickers know they will not know the language when they get here. And once they're here, Mm -hmm. there are all kinds of violence perpetrated against them and debt bondage. Um, So indentured servitude is what it is, becoming sex slaves. We we know that 99% of all sex slaves are female. Um, Just a few other insights. We also know that uh, violence against women and girls is the norm in communities where they are most often trafficked. Mm-hmm. Women are beaten, starved, lit on fire uh, because they are viewed by their handlers as less than human. When you and I know they are made in the image of God and worthy of respect, and, and we need them to be right. everything God created them to be. Right. Uh, for those sex parlors, um, uh, parlor workers to gain um, a tourist visa and a fake degree from a massage school indebts the woman to about fifty thousand oh dollars. Wow! So they're told, you know, you you can get out anytime you want. You just have to give us that fifty thousand dollars back, and then all the rent that you owe us because you've been sleeping here in this massage parlor, and right. that's like rent. And so the warm women are coerced. Uh, that they have to do whatever they are told, and by the way, they often target middle-aged women. Really? So women who are truly desperate. Yes, they have. Mm-hmm. You know, their lives have not panned out well right. in their home countries, and they're just looking for some kind of answer. And it it may seem risky to them, but they're willing to take that chance. Right. There are about nine thousand illicit parlors across the U.S. You and I can see them at any strip mall, you know, and 
um, we don't know if those are legitimate or not, but um, law enforcement tells us there are 9,000 that are illicit that they know uh, and they stay um, for fear of retaliation upon their families, mm-hmm. usually by the criminals and, and also a distrust and an ignorance of our justice system. I was about to ask um, you, what, what are we actually doing? What is law enforcement doing to close these illicit parlors down? Yeah, uh, really, I'm, I'm so very grateful for all that law enforcement is doing. There are task forces in Atlanta, um, and, um, we're changing laws to decriminalize the women who have been, you know, exploited. Um, but often what the women don't understand all of that. They show up for a hearing and they have a lawyer paid for by their owners, right. basically, of the business. Um, but law enforcement, you know, will receive a tip either from health department inspectors or a customer complaint. And then law enforcement at times will conduct a raid. I mean, they're um, part of their, the difficulty is they have to build a strong enough case okay. to close down an illicit business. Uh, and as you can imagine, um, a lot of the women won't uh, give testimony and certainly the owners and the people who work there, they're not going to give testimony either. So we really have to, I think, do more to encourage law enforcement let them know we believe in them we are behind them and you know we have there are other things that we can do right um to to really support law enforcement and i uh, how i would love to see especially christians begin to lovingly reach out to these massage parlors and just get to know them as our neighbors it's kind of the jesus way yes you know to seek out people who may be in distress and just say hey you know there, here's a hotline number for you if you That's ever right. get into a jam. And uh, we want you to know that you will not get in trouble. That's good. You know, that because that's the big fear. That's so good, Michelle, because so I had Craig Sawyer on my show a couple of weeks ago, and Craig is doing a lot of work at our border. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it was also part of a... Um, a documentary, uh, Contraland, that, uh, that, you know, they set up stings around the country, uh-huh. uh, you know, to bring down um, and to, to expose and, and bring to awareness, you know, this trafficking that goes on in your next, you know, in your neighborhood, you know, right there in your cul-de-sac, you know, where people you know are right. uh, trafficking young girls and there are men in your community who are frequenting, you know, homes and places where these young girls are, tra- are trafficked, beginning at, like you said, between 11 and 12, 13. And... I asked him to what extent is the church involved in, in helping him get his uh, his message out and the film, and and he was very honest and said that the involvement was somewhat abysmal. It's almost as if it's dirty, um, and so we don't want to touch that. Anything that has to do with sex or slavery and women, you know, the church somehow feels like, oh, that, that, that's just, you know, that, that's not for us. Uh, we'll let law enforcement handle that. So I'm very glad to hear you encourage and admonish really the church to say, hey, you know, I mean, I know there are ministries here in Atlanta that go to strip clubs in Atlanta and do exactly that. And they hand uh-huh. out tracks and they hand out cards and, hey, if you guys need prayer, if you want to come out, you know, if you are being trafficked, you know, we're here to pray for you. And it really does make a difference. Women have absolutely walked away uh, without the shame and the guilt, and they feel like they have a safe place, right? She is safe. I love that. So what has, 
the church's involvement been on, on in in your world, like on a scale? Like, have we actually stepped up in other countries uh, more so than we have here, or how does that pan out? Well, I would say uh, that the the church as a whole, you know, may not see this as their mission. You know, I, I do think uh, a lot of evangelical churches think, well, you know, we're sharing the gospel. And that's where I was. I was an evangelical missionary, and I saw girls being trafficked out of our neighborhood. And I thought, what am I going to give them a brochure? The, these right. girls need a rest. Right. They need a safe place. They need a new future and a new family. Right. So to me, that operationalized the gospel. It changed everything for me as I realized, oh, I am not just a point of light here in this world. I am actively engaged in bringing people to the heart of Christ as he would treat them if he were here. Yeah. So, and thank the Lord. I mean, we have found all of our staff members, we have 20 now, and we'll be growing this year, too, um, in the church. So of Wonderful. all the, you know, if you go to a church of 2,000 people, there may be 10 that are on it, mm-hmm. and they are prepared by God, and they're ready. So the more we can kind of grow that army of coworkers together, right. we right. also have people who advocate. You know, their lives are full. They work full-time jobs. They have children to take care of. Their plates are full, but they can do something. They can become advocates and they can, we can educate our children. I was with an amazing volleyball club of young women mm-hmm. on my Freedom Day. And they said, we're not just going to do this tournament stuff for ourselves anymore. We are going to be raising money to rescue and restore girls through She is Safe, who are our own age. It's like a dollar a day. I mean, it's really um crazy how inexpensive it is to transform the life of a woman or a girl in every way that one can be transformed once Jesus is involved mm-hmm. in the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's certainly my story. I was rescued when I was a teen and mm-hmm. placed in a Christian home and uh, it gave me a new identity right. and it made me believe that God was on my side and had a better future for me. Absolutely. So without that, we doom these girls to recidivism. So there are, there are a lot of good organizations that do anti-trafficking work, but if they are not sharing Christ, I am telling you the power is just let out of the balloon, right? It's not going to fly. Yes. Amen. I absolutely, I love what you said and I'm I got chills when you said it to operationalize the gospel. I'm there. I'm lo- I love it. We, we are all, this is a giant field of operation right now. I have so many friends in the military. And so that, that term, mm. you know, jumps out at me as this is an operation. My, you know, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is right. in heaven. And so this is, you know, we are all part of this giant military operation in the kingdom of God to restore and rescue and repair and regenerate um, all of those ours. I love it. And so I love the work that you're doing. How can people help, you know, uh, make a difference, get involved? Where can they go uh, to learn more about the organization and possibly make a donation or, you know, just get literature or pray for you and, and the and the girls involved? Well, yes, she is safe.org. Simple enough. You can also type in on the search human trafficking prevention kit. Okay. So uh, everyone to be aware of you know, their environment. And if they see something that 
is untoward, they'll have exactly what they need from that kit, and it's free uh, to download. And um, so we love making that available. If if people are interested in forming a, a group mm-hmm. at their church, we call them advocacy groups. We'll come and support that and do all the training that's necessary. People can email us for that at info at sheisafe.org. I do a lot of public speaking and, and that sort of thing too. And just, it's my heart to share, right. you know, God's view on all of this. Right. I would say if people are wanting to lean in more on the um, sex parlor that's on your street corner, um, one of the things we'll want to do is write to the chief of police in your community and just let them know how much you appreciate them and that you're counting on them in this difficult work. That in a sort of a positive way, yeah, says we're watching and we want to be helpful. You know, one of the biggest issues for law enforcement is that if they do a sweep, what's going to happen to these girls and women afterwards? Are they safer in jail? Right. Um, you right. know, so if there are more and more people coming forward saying, hey, I, I am willing to support mm-hmm. an organization that's going to make a new life for these women, or I am willing to, um, if it's a girl like mm-hmm. I was, I'm willing to open my home right. and give this girl a new life and a new chance. Right. So it takes some courage it does. and hard work, but I am telling you, that's where the joy is found. You see the power of God at work and his redeeming love for others, bringing, you know, dry bones to life. Yeah, amen. Um, there's nothing like it. Amen. I love it. Michelle Rickett, thank you for joining me as always. You're always welcome here. You have a home here. And uh, anything uh, I can do to continue to get the message out and to further the operation of She Is Safe, I am very happy to make myself available uh, for your service. Thank you for joining us today. You, God Monica. bless your efforts. Thank you. Talk God to you bless soon. You. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. So that's, you know, that's happening. We know it's happening on our border. That These children are coming in by tens of thousands. That That is a whole other, I know some of you, it's so staggering. It's, it, and it just seems like such a heavy lift. And it is. It is. And, and that is really the beauty of inviting God into it. You have to. I mean, what she said is so true. You know, unless... God is building something. You're building in vain. Unless God is watching over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. I cannot stress that enough as we are in the reconstruction era of this country. I said that just last evening at a political event here uh, in Georgia. I was so proud of this county that has just toppled an establishment regime in Forsyth County, Georgia, and they worked so hard for their victory and they, and they won, and they're very excited, and they're all on the same team, and they've got vision, and they've got, you know, a to-do list. And the, the community is so diverse. I mean, it was just beautiful. We're talking Forsyth County, you know, which used to be, I mean, go do a Google search on Forsyth County. Not that far in the distant past, you'll see that it was a completely different environment And it was so beautiful to be there last night because it was completely God at work in that room. I mean, you had Asian Americans, Chinese Americans, you you, you had uh, Indian Americans, you had uh, black Americans, you know, I mean, it was just, it was, it it was just this melting pot of people who love freedom, love justice, 
love God. God was at the center point of that meeting last night. And it was it was a beautiful thing because uh, as someone who has been on these airwaves for six years talking about faith, life, and politics, when it was very taboo, um, I caught a lot of flack for that. So I'm really pleased to see that we're bringing God back onto the political landscape. We need legislation that decriminalizes women who are being trafficked. You know, we've we've mocked prostitution. We have, we live in a country, I'm listening to Michelle just now, you guys, and I'm thinking, wow, we live in a country that's like, you know, my body, my choice, right? And I mean, we, we live in a world where girls are just, they, they have, uh, they're trafficking themselves. I want you to think about that. I, I just did a, a show a couple of weeks ago, and I said, some of you parents should probably go peruse your, your girls and your, your young men, uh, your boys' phones, because you might be surprised who in your household has signed up for an OnlyFans account. And your kids are making money by selling their bodies. And they may not be having intercourse online, although that is what happens a lot on this on this platform. People, you know, assumingly willingly are having sex and on these channels and being paid for it. But some of your girls are just, they're paid to just be pretty and sit in front of a camera. And they don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, how perverted and sick and twisted have we come when we think taking ownership and taking our agency back as women and young men, I mean, this is She Is Safe organization, but there are young men who are trafficked for sure, young boys who are trafficked as well. I mean, how twisted is it when we think taking our power back means that we get to traffic ourselves? Right? I mean, the, the, these 30,000 women, I mean, these, these babies in India, 11 years old, they, they, I mean, they, they're born into that hell. They're born into that hell. We, on the other hand, seemingly live in what was once the greatest nation on earth, the freest nation on earth. Not saying that we're still not great, but I'm I'm living in reality, guys. Sorry. We, you know, God has allowed us to get to this place for a reason. So I'm not really I'm not running through the streets with a uh America is great banner. I, I'm on my knees. I'm being humbled like the rest of us to realize that we've we've dropped the God ball in almost every area of this country. And it shows when our children are willing to sign up for things online through technology, their little phones that you as parents have control over, by the way, when they sign up to traffic themselves, and we have people like Michelle Rickett out here with sheissafe.org, saving thousands of lives a year, restoring lives of women and girls who wish, who wish they had a roof over their heads and food and and water without strings attached to it and a hug and hope, basic hope of who they are as human beings. It, It is, it's a heavy lift 
heavy. It is scary. It is daunting to think about bringing someone into your home and you feel ill-equipped. You don't know how to contend with that. And and I'll be honest with you, it is a heavy lift. I've done it. I've, I've brought people into my home who have come out of this life and without the Spirit of God there to guide and without resources. You have to have the resources to effectively minister to people coming out of this hell. And I believe Michelle is one of those, her organizations, one of those resources. I love what she said. And this really applies to everything we're contending with. I could talk about politics today. I'm not, I'm not going to drag that into this conversation other than we do need to work on decriminalizing. I mean, if everyone is allowed to just, you know, go up and smoke and weed is like the haha of the day and it's all going to be free weed and, and, and decriminalize drugs. Really? We're going to decriminalize drugs and not decriminalize women who have been trafficked? No. The scales of justice are completely out of balance. There are so, you know, I know there are legislators in my state and, and public servants in my state of Georgia who have held what's called unholy tours where they travel, um, you know, through the city and take legislators around the city to on buses to show, you know, where these girls are on street corners, massage parlors as well. And I'm thinking, while it's 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 noble to to shine a light so people can see that this really is here, there's also something slightly offensive about that to me because I thought, you know, this isn't a day at the at the drive-through petting zoo. Right. And I don't mean to diminish the work of this particular gentleman because I adore him as a father and a husband and a public servant. He's a great he's a great guy. But it but it did bother me because I thought, wow, here we are in our buses driving around, you know, uh, gawking at at the women on the streets. And, and we have yet to decriminalize things. What are, what are we doing? What are we doing? So as you're here's something you can do. If you're slightly intimidated by this conversation and you want to help, but you're like, eh, I don't know. I don't know about going into a massage parlor or strip clubs. I, I, I don't know about all that, Monica. Here's something you absolutely can do that is positively effectual. You can round up the, uh, the different massage parlors that, that on your street or in your city, just as you're, I'm sure you passed one in a strip mall probably today, right? Round them up in your mind's eye and take them, write them down on a piece of paper in your prayer time. You can pray over that place and that the, the stronghold of hell would be broken and that liberation would occur. And I'm going to tell you why you can do that and why it will be uh, effectual the fervent prayer of the righteous is effectual. It yields much. And our righteousness is in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so it's important for us to realize we are taking territory back. We are taking our jurisdiction back in this country on this soil. And that is one way you can do it. You know, you partner with another person, maybe your spouse, your kids, your kids, what a beautiful way to introduce your children to what's really happening without it being scary or dirty or, I mean, trust me, they are already inundated with every filthy thing you can think of. If they're online, if they play out in the cul-de-sac, whether you've locked down, whether they're your bubble children or not, your homeschooled bubble children, and I'm laughing because I was a homeschooling parent 
And there's all different genres of parents in homeschool world. Um, but you know, some of them were like, Oh, we don't play with the kids in the neighborhood because they're public school degenerates. You know, I'm like, well, how else are your children going to learn? I mean, you have to subject them to the world so that you can teach them how to effectively navigate the world according to kingdom principles. They have to be able to put the principles in practice. And so that's what you're for, (laughs) parents. Raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's part of your disciplining is to disciple your children. And so what a beautiful way. It's not scary. It's empowering. When I taught my daughter about her personal body space, because I'm someone who was sexually abused from a very young age. And when I taught my daughter, I knew there was one of two ways I could go. This can be scary and she'll hate men. And she'll be scared of everyone, like stranger danger would just be to the nth degree. Or I can teach her about her personal agency, her personal autonomy and space of her body, that her body belongs to the Lord, and it's hers. And no one has a right to touch her body or make her feel uncomfortable about her body. And and I've taught her to trust her discernment, trust the Holy Spirit inside of her, and to stand her ground with her personal agency. There was nothing scary about that. There was nothing accusative toward men. None of that, because it's unnecessary. You can teach your children, your grandchildren, personal agency. And it's the same way with bringing them into the conversation of all of the sex addiction, all of the misogyny, and it is still very much so alive, all of the abuse toward women and girls and young men, You can start teaching them that people on their TikTok apps, people on OnlyFans, they are trafficking themselves because that's exactly what they're doing. They're they're prostituting themselves, and it feels empowering because you're the one making the decision, but you're still in a snare of the enemy of your soul. And at some point, that cost is really, really great. And what affects one of us affects all of us. As you can see, you may not like all those children pouring across the border. That is happening for a very political reason, I'm going to tell you. But God can and will redeem that. And it's going to take all of us in order for that to happen. So it's important. I want to, I want to encourage you as, I, as we leave today. I want to encourage you to make people, people, make people, other people, the center point, the focal point of your daily ministry. We all have a daily ministry. We all have an opportunity to build the kingdom that Christ is coming back for, right? So I want to encourage you to look around, open your eyes, stop making fun of people who do these things to themselves, grab your children by the hands, sit down as a family, and during prayer time, you bring these people before God in prayer. And you take the jurisdiction back, empower your children to know that they are the hands and the feet and the eyes and the ears and the mouth of God in this earth. That's how you do it. You can complain about the education system. You can complain about politicians. We can complain, complain, complain. And God is looking at us saying, "Mm -mm. nope, I did not birth complainers and whiners. I did not birth a defeated people. I did not birth cowardice. I did not birth complacency and apathy. 
I did not birth liars. I did not birth you to sell yourself and to sell others. That's what he would say to us. I love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Go check out Michelle's website. She is safe.org. Please pour into her, her efforts and others. Craig Sawyer's efforts as well. I mean, these guys are out there on the front lines. This is, but you are too. You are too. Your own, your own household is your front line. Your little family is the birthplace of government. (laughs) So I love you. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Today is the day the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Okay. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, share, share, share this work and act like one.